just um, if you look around you don't see somebody pray for them God touch them be with them wherever they're at some are fighting off colds and different things I did uh, you know we did uh, find out that sister Lydia Swalls uh, did test positive for COVID but um, uh, her mom and her grandmother tested negative so that was yeah that was a blessing and so we're thankful tonight for that remember to pray for them uh, several others that are out tonight not feeling well sister Emmy messaged us she's got just caught a little cold I think from these kids and she's a nanny too and you get around children man I tell you you can get a cold in a second sister Bibby's mom sister Bibby that's right her mom uh, has COVID is in the hospital I believe and so uh, so we've seen some some people close close to home, I guess, uh, that have come in contact with this lately. Let's remember to pray for them. Let's, in fact, let's take a moment and pray for them right now. Let's ask God to help them. Let's pray for them. And let's curse this virus in the name of the Lord. Jesus, in your mighty name, we curse this COVID virus tonight. Lord, we ask you to touch our people, those that we've mentioned here tonight, that you would bring healing and strength to their body. God, that this won't be a lasting thing, but Lord, it's going to be over quickly. God, they're going to be better. Lord, we're going to praise you for it tonight. We believe you're the healer of all of our diseases. So we ask it by faith tonight in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. How many believes he's a healer? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. He was healing people in service, you know, before service even got started on Sunday. And I, I just believe that. You know, it's nice when people can be here and we can see it, but I believe you can pray for people and they can be healed right where they are because uh, that's the way it happened in the Bible sometimes. And uh, they, Jesus wouldn't even have to go to where they were. They just said, Lord, if you'll say the word. And he said, man, that's some, that's some faith right there. And uh, he would heal them. And so uh, let's believe that God's a healer. Pray for healing. Speak it and claim it in Jesus' name. Uh, ladies, don't forget to, that tomorrow night, right here at seven o'clock. That right, uh, the ladies' service will be here tomorrow night at seven o'clock. So, all ladies are invited. Uh, gentlemen, stay away. Ladies, uh, or to be here, and I know they'll have a great time. And um, don't forget that on Sunday we will be having our uh, restoration uh, Thanksgiving banquet. Starts at twelve o'clock in the gymnasium so looking forward to that as well uh it'll be maybe a little bit of normalcy in this crazy year we've had so far acts chapter 23 if you have your bibles acts 23 and 11 tonight and um just gonna bring you uh maybe i don't know how quick but it'll probably be quick uh tonight just a quick thought um just uh, a lot of the reason for this message tonight is because of the year that we're in and the places that we have found ourselves. Um, there's one place that I'm sure almost all of us, if not all of us, have found ourselves since March of this year is a little place of uncertainty. It doesn't mean we don't trust the Lord or know the Lord or you know, but there's there's been some aspect of our life where we just didn't know, well, how's this gonna turn out? And we we felt like that with the church for a while. How's this gonna go? How long is it gonna go? Uncertainty. 
But um, I try to remind myself uh, before I remind others, hey, God's faithful. I try to make sure that I'm getting myself back to that place that I remember God is faithful. And if you can grab hold of that and remember that above it all, God is faithful. Friend, I'm going to tell you, you're going to get through some stuff. God's going to bring you through. Acts chapter 23 and 11, the Apostle Paul, this is uh, the Lord speaking to him. It says, and the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. So I want to talk for a little bit on this thought, the promise and the process. The promise and the process. Let's pray together for the lesson tonight. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it gives us. Lord, we love you tonight. Let our hearts be good ground, Lord, tonight. Bless us to receive this word. We're going to praise you for it. We just want to be better. We want to be more like you. And we want to be ready to meet you when you come. So we ask it tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him a hand clap of praise tonight. You can be seated tonight. The promise and the process. You know, the thing about the promise is, is it's instant. As soon as you hear it, as soon as uh, you read about it, well, it's there. If I tell you right now, uh, I promise after service, I'm going to give you a dollar. Sister Shelby, I promise that after service tonight, I'm going to give you a dollar. Well, that's there. And I'm going to give you a dollar when this is over with. And every time you look at that dollar, when you get ready to spend it, you're going to remember, wait a minute, I can't spend that dollar. No, no. But, but you see... That's instant. And you're like, oh, man, what can I get with a dollar? And all of a sudden your mind's racing. Well, if you're a little kid, you, it might be, but, you know, we know a dollar don't get nothing. But, um, but uh, you know, immediately, a dollar. I'm going to the store. I'm going to stop by the store. I can get me a, I can get me a Coca-Cola on the way home. I can, you're, just, you're already making plans with the promise. And you have forgotten that you got to, until I get done, before you get it. You know, there's a process. And the, the thing about it is the process is not instantaneous. Oh, how we wish it was. <laughs> how we wish that the promise uh, and, uh, you know, Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place. That's a promise. And oh, how we wish that after we, we would just come out of that water and go straight to heaven. And no more trial, no more test, no more sorrow. No, oh, that would be, but it ain't like that. There's miles to walk, there's years to live. And, and so we understand that not only is there a promise, and thank God for the promise, uh, it's wonderful, uh, the promise is, but there is also a process. And when I, I was reading this again, going over it right before I came out, I made a little note in the margin because uh, I, I was thinking about Paul, how that he knew he was a chosen vessel since Acts chapter 9. He didn't know it was Acts chapter 9 yet, but 
uh, we know as Acts chapter 9. But from the time that God spoke to him, the first time God speaks to him and tells him what he's going to do is in the daytime. This time it's in the night. And I just wrote this in the margin, day or night, the promises of God are true. So as the song said, don't doubt in the darkness what God showed you in the light. But, uh, but what you can understand is this, is that it doesn't matter if it's in your daytime or if it's in your nighttime. God has got a word that can cheer you. God has got a word that can encourage you. God's got a word to speak to you about your purpose. And he said, Paul, be of good cheer because just like you testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. How wonderful it is to us when God reveals our purpose and the plan that he has for our life. Don't you love when God says, this is what you're going to do? Especially, as I said, in a, in a year where we don't know what each day holds. We don't even know who's going to be president yet. I mean, it's, you know, we don't know what the next day holds, the next week holds, what the next year holds. We are in a time, uh, no matter what the calendar says, we are in a season of uncertainty. The only thing we know for sure is that God is faithful. But for us, on our level, on our personal level, when God tells you, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be an evangelist. You're going to be a missionary. You're going to be a pastor. You know, when, when we know that God has spoke this in our life and we know, man, because I was wondering when I was going to do it, so also I'm going to be a preacher. But the thing is that our excitement over God giving us a promise will cause us to overlook that we don't know the details. God may call you to preach, but it might be years before you ever step behind a pulpit. Or it might be years before you ever stand before somebody and preach. It, it could be uh, any amount of time. There's uh, our excitement, those that, whoo, whew, man, I'm so glad that I, that's out of the way. I'm so glad I know you. You just turn around and walk off. So excited. Hey, you know what happened to church tonight? God gave me a word, confirmed that I'm going to be a minister. And somebody goes, When? I don't know. Uh, I can tell you what, it ain't instantaneous. <laughs> you ain't preaching tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you know, you're not fixing to start a church in a few hours. It's not like you packing your bags and getting on a bus and going somewhere and say, now I'm just going to, uh, that ain't what it is. There is a promise that is instantaneous, and then there is a process that God is going to take you through to get you there where it will be fulfilled. And so uh, the promise it's just clearly stated. It's clear, you know, to us, the, the, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you. Well, that's clearly stated. But understanding what that means, and some people pray for months and weeks and years maybe trying to uh, have received that promise. The promise was, it's given. It's out there. That promise is, is for anybody that wants it, but yet so many people don't have it. And so there's a process of things that have to happen. And so when the promise is clearly stated, uh, the process, the path you must take, the things you're going to face, or the time for it to happen, that's stuff you learn all along the way because we walk by faith and not by sight. And once the promise is given, we start our journey. 
And see, Paul, maybe he realizes it, maybe he doesn't, but he's fixed to go on a journey that he doesn't know what's coming his way, but he's got to walk by faith and not by sight. When we begin following the Lord, we're walking, we're moving, we're headed in a direction. He said, you're going to now head in a direction by faith without knowing what's around the next bend, what's over the next hill, what's in the next town, what's going to await you in the next country. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but you're just going to walk by faith and not by sight. Because God is faithful. Paul, a man that we, the subject of our text, he, he wrote this to the church, the Philippian church, uh, being confident of this very thing, Philippians 1 and 6, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is going to do what he said he will do. You've got to believe that God's faithful. God has got your best interest. God wants you to be as effective for the kingdom as you can be. So he's only going to lead you in the time and in the manner that will get the most results for your life and for the kingdom. He's not just going to use you like an old dish rag and throw you off to the side. That's not how God works. God values his children. He loves his people. He cares about the saints of God. And he's not going to just uh, give them a a promise and then uh, never perform it. He's not going to give them a promise and, and make it so hard that they're just going to give up right in the middle of it. If we give up, let me tell you, it's because we let go of the hand of God and stop listening to the voice of God. Because God will not leave you stranded or forsaken. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. God is going to be there. When it's quiet, God is still there. When you can't see him, God is still there. Job said, I can't perceive him anywhere, but I still know. I can't feel him. I can't hear him. I can't see him. But I will always know this one thing. He knows the way that I take because he does not take his eyes off of his people. His eyes and his his ears are always open to his people. He's watching and he's listening. And sometimes he hangs back just like we do. You take a small child. I'm going to teach you how to walk. And you stand behind them. You hold their hands. And then you let go. And they start. And they can't see you. You're behind them. But they know you're there. Because as soon as they start, all of a sudden, you got them. I got you. But I gotta let you, I gotta let go sometimes so you can learn to get your own balance. And sometimes God has got to turn loose so we can walk by faith and not just always, hey, God, I need you to do this, God, I need you to do this, God, I need you to do this. You're supposed to be able to do all things through Christ. Yeah, I'm gonna be there with you, I'm gonna be right in the mix with you, but you got to put your hand to the plow and stop looking back. You got to. you got to understand, you got to keep moving forward. you got to pick up the cross daily and follow after me. There's a promise, honey. I'm, I'll give you the promise. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, but there's a process. And so we know that you can be confident of this. Very Paul was a man who knew how God could change a life. And Paul was a man who wanted to do his best for God. And when he was, I said this on Sunday, Paul was one man who knew what it was like to be sincerely wrong because he thought he was really helping God, but he was actually persecuting his God. And when he found that out, that he was in that error, God, instead of wiping him out, God had mercy and said, you're a chosen vessel, and I'm going to show you the great things you're going to have to suffer for my namesake. And so from Acts chapter 9, we understand Paul is a chosen vessel. 
He's, uh, he had a purpose. And guess what? Paul now uh, probably in uh, Rome uh, while he's kind of under house arrest is writing a lot of these letters. This is probably where he wrote Philippians uh, while he was in prison. But he's, he's writing, I can tell you, you can be confident of this very thing. That he which has begun a good work in you will perform it. He's going to do it. God's going to come through with what he said. God will not tell you that this is what you're going to do and then you not do it or at least not have the opportunity to do it because God won't force you to it. But I promise you, if he says that door will open, that door will open. Whether we walk through it or not, that's on us. But there's a process getting there. And when God speaks a promise into your life, you can count on it coming to pass. It doesn't matter what the process is. And that... uh, statement that God makes to Paul he says you must bear witness for me Paul must bear witness at Rome he's been in Jerusalem he's been other places but God says Paul as the way you testified of me in Jerusalem so must there's somebody you know why there was somebody some people there was some purpose but God said I need you to be in Rome. You must bear witness. And when Paul uh, gets that statement, he knows that it doesn't matter. Whatever, what God's telling him, whatever happens now, Paul, between this promise and Rome, that's just the process. And it won't stop you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. Let me tell you, if Rome hasn't happened yet, then God's not done with you. And you're not, it's not over. If, if you hadn't reached your Rome yet... If God made a promise to you, but you hadn't got there yet, guess what? It's still coming. And that's what he was telling him. He said, listen, you've been to Jerusalem, but you're going to Rome. Whatever happens between here and there is just part of the process, and I'll be there. No matter if it's good, bad, or ugly, I'll be there. No matter if it makes you dance or makes you cry, I'm going to be there. Hello, somebody. Come on. We, we, we all we get excited. What a promise. What a promise. Sometimes we would lay the promise down if he told us the process. Wait a second. Jail time and shipwreck? I think I'll stay right here. Oh, wait a second. Hey, what about David? Let's pour some oil on your head. You're going to be the king. Awesome. Well, the the sitting king's going to try to kill you. Hold on. Wait a second. I don't need nobody throwing javelins at me. You're going to be running around in the wilderness for a while, too, and hiding in caves, and, you know, it's, it's going to be rough. Nah, I think I'll keep watching sheep. Let me tell you, God will give you that promise, but he, he's going to hide that process. He, he reveals it a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, just enough for you to take the next step in the next day. He just keep walking by Faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. The word is a light under my path and a lamp under my feet. Gives me just enough to see where I need to take my next step. He ain't shining light way down the road. Because we wouldn't like what we saw if we could see what was down the road. And so he, he told Paul, when God says you're going to do that, you must be there. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens in between won't stop you. Understand that. It might come against you, but it won't stop you. Maybe that's why the prophet could write, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He didn't say it wouldn't be formed. He didn't say it wouldn't be used. He didn't say it wouldn't hurt. He said it wouldn't prosper. 
it won't stop you. It won't, uh, a weapon is usually used to kill something. He said, whatever it is, it won't kill you. And Paul's getting a promise in verse 11, but in verse 12, the process starts. And when you start reading down, you find out that uh, he had more, it, was, it says more than 40 fasting Jews were plotting to kill him. We're not going to eat or drink until he's dead. Over 40 people looking for one man. We're going to kill him. All because he's serving the Lord. But Rome ain't happened yet. He goes and they, they get him out of the city. They, they, they spare him from that. And they take him to Felix. And he spends over two years captive by Felix. He ends up testifying to Festus and then talking to Agrippa. And he spends all this time just idle, it seems like, not making any progress toward Rome, but Rome still hadn't happened. And then in Acts 26 32, when, uh, after they've heard everything he had to say, Agrippa said, you know, this guy might have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. I wonder if Paul heard him when he said that. It made Paul's like, why did I have to mention Caesar? Because you got to go to Rome. You see, sometimes we'll think something will happen. We'll hear something think, I just missed my opportunity. I just missed my liberty. You didn't miss it because you're not in Rome yet. And God said you're going to Rome. And he says, I don't want to be set at my own liberty where I'll pick my own path and do my own thing. He might have been set at liberty, but something made him say, no, I think I'll go talk to Caesar. Well, if you hadn't said Caesar, I'd have let you go, but now you got to go to Rome. Oh, Rome's where God said I was going, right. Sometimes you don't even realize you're speaking your own destiny. And so now on a ship, and he's in a storm, and they, when it gets rough and they don't know what to do, they say, let's kill all the prisoners. So they don't get away. And so, again, he's in uh, peril of his life. Then he's shipwrecked, stranded on an island, gets snake bit, but he's still alive, and he's still headed to Rome. Paul said, or The Lord said, Paul, just like you did in Jerusalem, you got to do it Rome. Out in the middle of the water swimming for his life, that ain't Rome. On that beach with the waves crashing down on him, that ain't Rome. When that snake grabbed his hand, that ain't Rome. Let me tell you, if you're not in Rome yet, it ain't going to kill you. You're going to get through it. You're going to make it because it's not where God said he was going to get you to. Don't give up in the middle of the process. Don't stop when God's working on you. God's trying to get you somewhere. He didn't tell you about the snake bite because he knew you wouldn't go. He didn't tell you about the shipwreck because he knew you wouldn't hang on. He knew, hey, come on, he knew he had to uh, hide some things from you and say, hey, trust me and walk by faith. Soaking wet and snake bit, still headed to Rome. Oh, I know you feel like you're drowning sometimes. But you know what? God didn't leave him treading water till he drowned. He provided a place for him. Let me tell you, whatever he went through in that process, God knew all about it. And God knew he could do it. Listen, 1 Corinthians, Paul again writing things. Paul writes a lot of things from experience. Uh, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Hey, you ain't going through nothing that everybody else ain't going through. Hey, somebody somewhere has cried the same cry you've cried. 
prayed the same prayer you've prayed. Wondered the same thoughts you've wondered. He, and some, let me tell you, you ain't the first. You ain't breaking no new ground. <laughs> uh, we might feel like it. It might be new to us, but if somebody, if they, if they can't look over the portals of heaven, somebody's going, just keep moving. <laughs> this won't get you. Believe me, I've been through it. I try. Maybe it's Paul going, hey, hey, come on, church, just keep rolling. Because there is no temptation taking you. But such as is common to man. It's, it's already happened somewhere. This is not some kind of new thing that's going to take you out. It's already been defeated. Jesus said in the world you'll have temptations and tribulations. But I've overcome the world. So, uh, so there's nothing going to happen to you that hadn't happened to somebody else. And they're still standing. So you can too. He says, but God is faithful. If there's any... Uh, Statement I need to remind myself of on a daily basis when uh, the news is discouraging, when uh, daily life is discouraging, you just need to say, but God is faithful. Uh, We've had uh, words and prophecies and things that have not come to pass yet, so I just keep thinking God is faithful. Oh, we've had uh, prophecies of 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 great revival and great crowds and then and then you watch people going out the door here and going out the door there and wondering where they are and I'm thinking what's going on but God is faithful because it doesn't matter uh, what happens between uh, when it was told and when it happens it's not going to be the end of us uh, we're just going to keep going we're going to keep growing we're going to keep moving for the Lord it's not here to, to end us but it's just part of the process And I may not understand it, and Paul may not have understood a lot of it, but let me tell you, he knew I'm not in Rome yet. And until the soles of my feet touch the ground in Rome, I know God's still clearing a path, making a way, leading me and guiding me. And let me tell you, until God fulfills what he started or finished what he started, let me tell you, just keep following him because he'll keep on clearing a path. He'll keep on moving things out of the way. He gave you a promise, now just trust him in the process. Oh, it's so easy to believe him when he makes the promise. And then it's so easy to doubt him when we're in the process. Oh, there's nothing happening to you. It hadn't happened to somebody else. God is faithful. And he will. Who? Who won't? God will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able You hear what he's saying here? God will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. No matter what you're facing, you are able. Ah, come on. No matter how dark the night is, you are able. No matter how heartbroken you are, you are able. Oh, we talk about... uh, uh, Deserts and wilderness and dry seasons and all kinds of things. Believe me, I have seen all that in my time serving the Lord. But one thing I realize is that with Him, I am able to get through it. I'm able to make it. No matter, I'm able. He said, but will. This is what He does. With the temptation, whatever hits me on my way to my fulfilling of my promise, He will make a way to escape, so I'm able to bear it. He's, so uh, you're able, you just got to find the way. Because he's making a way in the process. Whatever you're going through. Oh, I, hey, we've had some people in here 
got some had have had heavy weight on them, have had some things that would break you if it was not for God. I can remember talking uh, with with some of you when it was I I don't what I'm going to do. This is it. Well, what am I, how am I going to get out of this? It's too much. It's this. It's that. It's everything. Every, uh, I'm getting hit from all sides. But you're still here. You're st- oh, it was hard. Oh, I, I, let me tell you, you will cry. You will scream. You will get angry. You will pound the floor. You will fast. You will afflict yourself. But let me tell you, you will make it. Because God is faithful who has promised If you'll trust him and just keep following him, you're going to make it. You might walk through the fire. You might walk through the the desert. You may go through the wilderness. You might be in in the deadly cold. But let me tell you, you're going to make it. It might feel like I can't tell what's happening in my life. I'm spinning out of control. But God is faithful. Did I really hear him? Yeah, you heard him. Yeah, you heard him. It's just not time. You're just not there yet. It's just in the process. We have to remember that no matter what we face, God is faithful and that he makes a way. When God says must, it means must. It's got to happen. Paul, you must testify in Rome. Man, I'm telling you, if he had a, they could have cut Paul's head off and his head would have showed up in Rome talking because God had said you must testify. You say, that sounds ridiculous. Well, let me tell you, when God gets through, sometimes it looks ridiculous. And we're thinking, how did this ever come to pass? How did I ever get here? How did God ever do this? Because God does things that are impossible with men. But with Him, all things are possible. God makes a way and then He makes a way And then he makes a way. Nobody wants you to succeed more than God does. God does not call you expecting you to fail. He does not call you. So I I just got to give them something to do because they're bugging me. And uh, they'll probably be a flop. He does not hand out. The Bible says uh, the kingdom of heaven is like the Lord who gives out talents according to their abilities. He gives them exactly what he knows they can work with and what they can use. And let me tell you, just because we bury it, that ain't got a thing to do with God. That's on us. And so I want to make sure that God, I understand God promised something to me. God called me out of darkness. God, He called me to preach the gospel and be in the ministry. And, and there's going to be highs and lows. and There's going to be good days and bad days. There's going to be times where I'm going, what is going on in my life? But I've just got to remember that God is faithful. He will do what he said he would do. Peter said it like this in 2 Peter 2 and 9. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Let me tell you, God knows how to get you out. Woo, what a mess I am in. God will get you out. Where am I? God knows where you are. God knows how to get us out of temptation. We think that's just temptation of of, of our flesh and things and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, there's trials and tests and situations and, and dark places and dry places and desert places and lonely places and heartbroken places, depressed places, stressed places. Let me tell you, God broke places. God knows how to get us out of there. 
He did not call to leave us on the garbage heap in the junk pile by the side of the road. Uh, let me tell you, he called us to do something for the kingdom, to be part of the body. And he wants you and I to succeed more than anybody else. That's why he told his disciples before he left, the things I did, you're going to do. Man, you did some fantastic stuff, Jesus. I sure did. But greater things shall you do. I want you to go past what I did. I want you to do more than I did. I want you to work for the kingdom and save souls and preach the gospel. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. I'm going to be there with you. I want you to succeed. I've already given you the victory. I've already made a way in the wilderness. Friend, let me tell you, I've done everything I can do. I have given you power over all the power of the enemy. Greater am I in you than the one that's out in the world. Listen, we can do all things together. He's just reminding us all the time, what else do I have to say? His word is his word, and he don't break his promises. The promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen. And when God says we can come through it, we can come through it. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, you can't if you quit. You can't if you throw in the towel. Woo, God's people are tough. Hello. We're not hard-hearted. We're not mean. We're tough. We've got the undefeated God living inside of us. We've got the God of miracles inside of us. We've got the Word of God on our side. We've got the name of Jesus on our side. We can't lose. We are God's people, and we are tough. They quenched the fires. They shut the mouth of lions. And even when they had to dwell in dens and caves and and it didn't bother them. It didn't stop them. They just kept going. When they were tortured, they wouldn't even say, that's it, quit. They just let them torture them till they died. Because what they had inside. And he said they did that. And they wouldn't request relief so they could receive a better resurrection. They knew something better was coming. It was a, why they know it was a promise from God. And they knew if they could just hang in there. And endure the process, they were going to get the promise. The whole time that Paul, from the time we read the promise, God is watching over him. He blessed him. He protected him. He just happened to let Paul's nephew hear about the plot of those 40 Jews to kill him. And so his nephew went and told the soldier And the soldier went and rescued Paul, and they got him out of there and delivered him and and kept him away. Just happened to be it. Just well, his nephew just happened to be where there's a bunch of drunk, or I mean, not drunk, fasting. (laughs) I don't know why I said drunk, but they they wouldn't drink. Uh, They were fasting Jews. They were just fasting. Took a vow: we're not going to eat, we're not going to drink until he's dead. They must all died from starvation, I guess. I don't know what happened to them unless they broke that vow. But God blessed and protected Paul all along the way because he said, Paul, you're not in Rome. You, I'm going to tell you, you're going to testify at Rome if you're going to die in Jerusalem. I'm not going to tell you two different things. I'm not going to confuse you. I can see, just think if they got Paul and Paul would have been thinking, I know God said I was going to Rome. Why, God? God's not going to do that. God was going to take care of him. 
you know, when we read uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39, familiar for us, for I am persuaded. This is Paul writing again. Neither death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present or things to come, height, depth, any other creature can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There ain't nothing. There ain't nothing. There ain't nothing. Oh, I, let me tell you, God promised me some things. and Man, it, it, it got rough right from the get-go. I got my own countrymen, 40 of my own countrymen wanting to kill me right away. We must be persuaded and confident that we will not be separated from the love of God or the purpose he has for us. And then in Paul's process uh, to the promise, you know, probably the greatest thing we read about right there is that storm. Man, that storm's so bad, it's got a name. You know, well, they name storms today, I guess. Maybe that's where it started. But uh, Eurocladon, that's what they called that wind. It was so rough and tempestuous is what the scripture calls it. And, and uh, that storm was so bad that it caused experienced sailors and soldiers to begin to fear and worry and to fast. They, yeah, they started fasting. They were throwing things overboard. They were doing everything they could to lighten the ship. They were trying everything they could to get things better. This storm was so bad that it hid the sun. It hid the sun so long that it says it took all hope away. Let me tell you, the here and now makes a very powerful impact on us. When we're in the middle of the storm, uh, it makes a very powerful impact on us. And if we don't remember that God is faithful, it can cause fear Make us uh, have you know hasty bad decisions. You know what they want to do? People start saying, "Let's let the rowboat down. Let's get out of this thing." But Paul said, "They won't live unless they stay in the ship." Let me tell you, you keep on working, stay in the boat. You got a word from God. Everybody's going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. If they had just known that God had told Paul he's going to Rome, they could have just said, "Hey, let's just ride it out," because. Let me tell you, if this guy's going to Rome, so are we. Because God ain't going to let this man die. And if we're right here with him, we ain't dying either. But, the, but you know, they didn't know what Paul knew. They didn't know that uh, God had told him you got to get to Rome. And so you stay in the ship. You stay with what's moving you forward. Keep working even in the middle of the storm. And I, I know the ship was breaking, sails were ripping. You know, things were falling apart. Even if it looks like what you're work, uh, working on is just going to pieces. You keep on because you're not in Rome yet. Stay in the ship. Paul even told them, listen, the ship would be lost. But loss of ship is not loss of life. Yeah. Loss of ship is not loss of ministry. Loss of ship is not loss of purpose. And loss of ship does, definitely does not mean a loss of promise. If God promised Rome, it doesn't matter if the ship is destroyed all around you. You're still going to Rome. Some ships are only designed to take us so far. You know, I've told some of you this just in talking about things in ministry. And, and, and I never, ever from the time... 
God brought me into the church and, and began to work in my life. I met my wife at the church I came into, and, and we got married there, dedicated our children there. Uh, her grandfather, my pastor, you know, I was, so, I was so completely satisfied and so sure that I would be in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in Millstead until the Lord came back. I was sure that's right where I would be until one day the ship fell apart. Some ships only take you so far. But the loss of that ship was not the loss of my calling. It was not the loss of purpose. It was not the loss of ministry. It was it just there had to it had to happen so I could get here. I would have never gotten here trying to stay with that ship. I'd have never I'd have never been able to to be who I am or what God intended me to be if I had stayed with that ship. Paul said in the middle of all of this stuff going on, people freaking out, crying, not eating. I mean, we're going to die. What's going to happen? We're soaking wet. We're freezing to death. You can just hear the ship falling, tearing apart. And Paul said, listen, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as he told me. And immediately after Paul says, I believe God, the ship is destroyed. Things got tough after his declaration of faith, but he didn't die. After that declaration of faith, the ship gets torn to pieces. He gets thrown in the water. I don't know if Paul could swim or not. He must have learned. He spent several uh, days in the ocean, it seems like, what he said. But he gets to the, to the ocean and... Uh, or gets to the island, the island. I started thinking about this island. Paul had never seen this island. There was an island unseen, but Paul knew it was there already because God told him. Hey, Paul, the ship's going to be torn apart, but you got to go be cast onto a certain island. What island? They couldn't even see it. They were, uh, you know, all of a sudden they just <laughs> hit land in the ship is stuck and the waves beat the ship to pieces and break it in half and, and they couldn't even see it at first Paul couldn't see it at first he just knew it was going to be there I don't know how, how far he had to swim but, but he knew uh, guys I'm not going to leave you out there treading water till you die Paul there'll be an island waiting for you God wanted him there it was part of the process it was a place even where and even though it was a place that God told him he would go Oh, if God told me I'm going there. It's got to be awesome. Wait, now, God, you told me I'd go on this certain island, and as soon as I get there, I get, I'm just trying to start a fire. I get bit by a snake. Yeah, it happens. But you ain't dead, and you're not in Rome yet. So don't start building a house on this island. Don't start building a house on this island, Paul. Don't start settling in, making friends and family. Don't start making plans for the island. But it was a place where Paul could be taken care of. It was a place where miracles happened. It was a place where he was still serving the Lord. It was a place where the next ship came. 
to take him to his promise. Honey, you can come to the music. Paul, was, they, they stayed on that island for three months. And then another ship came by. Three months of living on the island. But God took care of them. Three months, Paul would lay down every night. This ain't Rome. Wake up in the morning. This ain't Rome. I got Roman soldiers around me, but this ain't Rome. Yeah. No matter how, what's in your surroundings, Paul could look and see Roman soldiers, Roman centurions all around him. But this ain't Rome. Don't settle in. Don't settle for less than what God's promised. Don't camp out. Don't make a life somewhere else. You, you wait till your promise comes. It's coming. But while you are on that certain island, preach the gospel. Heal the sick. <laughs> you know, do what God called you to do. But you do all that with this in mind. Rome's coming. You can stand with me. So Paul escapes with his life out of Jerusalem. Spends a little over two years imprisoned by royalty so they can question him and find out what he knows. Hops on a ship, goes through a storm, gets shipwrecked, gets snake bit, hangs out three months. But in Acts 28 and 16, it says, And when we came to Rome, it happened. I almost started with that to open up with tonight, but I figured I'd just finish with it. And when we came to Rome, well, there's a lot happened on this path to Rome. It was a lot of time, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of questions, some rough stuff between Jerusalem and Rome. But I got here. And ultimately, there's going to be some rough stuff for us between here and home, not Rome. (laughs) But we're going to get there. This world is not our home. I'm not about to get comfortable and camp out in it. I'm just going to be like Paul when he said, I have finished my course. I have fought a good fight. I have finished. I have kept the faith. Promise, process, it was fulfilled. Just like God said it would be. You must. And if God says must, you're going to see Rome. If God says you must, then you must. It's going to happen. The door will open. God will get you there. Just remember that God is faithful. And whatever you're in right now in your process, wherever you find yourself, whether it's treading water in the sea or shaking off the serpent into the fire, You just hang on because you hadn't got there yet. God will do what he said he would do. Let's come find a place tonight in the altar and pray for a moment. Just recommit yourself to the purpose. Recommit yourself to the process. Lord, I know what you said in prayer. I know what you said to me in prophecy. I know what you've told me, God, and what you've shown me. But now, Lord, help me to Help me to stick it out. Help me to hang in there. Help me to stay with you, God. I want to make it all the way.
Joseph and apply and preach the same exact thing. He gave him dreams which were just a promise of what would happen, how that uh, about how he would be in leadership and man, he went to a pit, went to a prison before he ever got to the palace. But he got to the palace. He got to that it, it, it was fulfilled. It was years, you know, before it happened and it was heartbreaking for him, his own brothers betrayed him and sold him off and you know it was a, it was tough but he made it and you know the thing was that even while he was in prison he said God showed him favor and even the, the, the guy that was over the prisoners he said he just gave everything to Joseph's hand he said because everything he touches it prospers it didn't matter it's, so they, they just let Joseph kind of do his own thing even in prison Paul was the same way while he was a prisoner. You read several times in that narrative how that they were uh, when they after they got off that island, they came to a place and they said, "If there's any believers here, Paul, you can go stay with them." So he went and stayed seven days with some believers and was encouraged by them. And then when others heard he was there, they came from over forty miles away to see him and spend time with him. Then another group came to see him, and you know. He's a prisoner, but letting all his friends and brethren and people come and encourage him and pray for him and lift him up. And, and then he went on to Rome. So you're going to have help all along the way. When it's tough and you feel like, whew, listen, God's going to send something to refresh you, to help you. And you'll have favor even if you feel like you're doing spiritual time. <laughs> if you're like Joseph, I'm in, I'm in prison right now. That's all right. You're going to have favor. Uh, The guards kept Paul alive because he had the favor of God on his life. So you're you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You believe it? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. You're going to make it. Praise God. Almighty God, I'm thankful for him tonight. just going to see God do some great things. Thank you for being here tonight. Ladies, don't forget, 7 o'clock tomorrow night, I know it's going to be a tremendous time. And then Sunday at 12, uh, right here at the gymnasium, our Thanksgiving dinner. So looking forward to some great times this week. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.